a Santa baby very much is evocative of the time of like, I, I don't even know what to call it, but like the club singer. It's yeah. like Jessica Rabbit. It's all those things, yeah. these old movies where it's like a woman comes out and she's got she's all dressed up. We're Santa. The guy in the crowd is Santa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But also, it's just fun. I like the Taylor Swift version. Not a lot of people like that one, but I like no, it. That's a good one. I like that one too. But nothing beats Eartha Kitt going, come and trim my Christmas tree. Like she just hits every note with so much an emphasis. Earth you know, David, you top shorty. Josh and I would always host the Wayback Flashback Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. And that focused on music from the 80s and the 90s and all those, those kinds of Christmas music. What's your Christmas music style? Are you a fan of the poppy? Are you a fan of like the true and try classics? Like where do you fall on Christmas music? My, my go-to, and this may lose me fans, but I don't care. My go-to is always corny country Christmas songs. Okay. Um, yes. Like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Yeah. 12, red, 12 Redneck Days of Christmas. Brad Paisley. Christmas cookies. You may, yes, Christmas Cookies by George Strait is a great one. Brad Paisley has a great Christmas song called Santa Looks a Lot Like Daddy. That, that is a good one. That that's is a, a really good one. Honestly, I am, it's not Christmas until I hear Brad Paisley singing that song. I'd sing some now, but I feel like we get a copyright strike. Oh, here's uh, another, um, here's a good question. What makes that you said that? So what makes you feel like we're starting so many Santas? What makes you feel like the Christmas season? Is there something that really like for either one of you, does it make like something that really makes it feel like, okay, we getting ready. Like, what is that moment? It, I think it is more musically tied for me. I think it is. Like when I start hearing, when I start hearing like the traditional ones that you hear a lot, for me, it's not so much Mariah Carey. For me, it is like, you really know it's Christmas when I hear either Blue Christmas by Elvis or I hear just. Well, hopefully he comes back. Jackson uh, by oh, no, we'll stay Oh, did I loop out there for a minute? No, maybe it was me. It sounded like you guys were rocking and rolling. We had a weird hiccup. There was a weird hiccup. That's all. I would say it's mostly musical for me. I would say that Blue Christmas, any version of Santa Claus is coming to town, whether that's Jackson 5 or Aerosmith or that awful Bruce Springsteen version. Um, You know, I love Bruce, but that is a bad version of that song. It's like a live cut of it. I don't like it. But there's clearly something going on. The, for the live audience that the, the the recorded audience doesn't get to enjoy because like somebody comes out just going, oh, 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 and it just, and Bruce is like cracking yeah. up. I mean, singing it. but it's the hard part about any live performance. It's hard to you know translate that when you weren't there. In addition, you, I also want to throw a shout out to one of my favorite gimmick Christmas songs, which is the acapella band Straight No Chaser has a Christmas medley that is, it's funny, but it's also fire. Like it is just like, so it's 12 days of Christmas, but they keep interlacing other Christmas songs into it or other holiday songs into it. And then it finishes, and you guys are like this, by transforming 12 days of Christmas into Africa by Toto. And it's awesome. That's I love good, it. I, it's, how I, it's how I, whenever Africa comes on, I just sing 12 days of Christmas. Beautiful. Because of I how think. It. Look it up, Straight No Chaser, 12 days of, 12 days medley, I think it's called. I, I think Christmas kicks into gear for me when, a couple things happen. One, I need to see Christmas lights. So whatever house is the first house I see that put Christmas lights on, that's the first check. And the second check, it must be cold outside. If I see it and it's 70 degrees, it feels fake. If I see it and it's 45, now it's Christmassy. And then I fire up some Christmas songs and the rest is history. Because I'm... There's a lot of music tied into it for me as well. I feel like 
I hit a point toward the beginning of December, and I'm actually not there yet as of December 4th, which is probably a little later than usual. But I'll hit a point where I switch to Christmas music mode, and I don't even want to hear any music. I don't want to hear any music that's not Christmas for like a month. Yeah. And I think it times up with all of the Spotify rap stuff and Apple Music replay and all that, because that's become a traditional endpoint of the year. Because it's like, I still have a month of music to listen to. Why do they always give it to us a month early? Right. Because I'm going to switch to Christmas mode. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to, li- because I'm going to listen to Porky Pig sing Blue Christmas 80 times in the yeah, next. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, mine's a weird one where, like, for the Christmas season to truly begin, and this is a recent tradition, but like, it really kicks it off for me is I watch Bill Murray's A Very Murray Christmas on Netflix. And for me, that is so wonderfully weird. And I am always a big fan of like alternative Christmas things rather than more traditional and well-worn, I'll say, for some of those movies that have been around forever. But the, this special's got a little bit of weirdness, a lot of weird. It's also got some classics. Bill Murray is a classic. There's a George Clooney in there, but you've also got Miley Cyrus singing one of the most beautiful renditions of Silent Night that I've ever heard in my life. And then it just kind of sets in the tone where I feel like from there I can go musical. I can go classical with some of the movies I watch. I can go weird with The Night Before an Office Christmas Party. It really just kind of tees up a lot of routes for me to go. And that's kind of where I feel like, okay, now I can get things going. Yeah. I think that's fair. I would love it if my Christmas season kind of kicked off with a movie because for a long time it would be just watching the Santa Claus with my brothers. Yeah. But I actually don't get, I, even though it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, I never get around to like firing it up anymore for whatever reason. I just, you don't want it to be by, bad. You, the, you, that's one where I no, worry it could be bad. No, I don't. Hold up. I know it won't be bad. I love that whole movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that I first one is, it holds safe. up, but yeah, there's always a concern. I still laugh every time he goes, he's talking about being in traffic and he's like, oh, look at that three car pilot. Same. He's like yelling at the lady. That's not very ladylike. It's very, it's it. So good. Christmas at the uh, pound. That joke gets me too. Yeah. I believe we did. We've reviewed the Santa Claus. So we uh, had to even go back and listen. Go to back and listen to that on somebysequels.com. It was one of our very first so many Santas. Before we get into our topic of the week, any have you guys watched anything in the past week that stuck out to you that you want to share with the class? Finally saw Barbarian, and what the fuck was that crazy shit? Oh yeah, I know I you all. I think we've all side. seen it now. It's I like what in the world? I watched it. It it made me feel bad. As most good horror movies do, they made me feel sick and I wanted to be, I wanted to go home. I love the ending because when it ended was exactly when I was like, I'm done with this. I would very much like to stop being in this world. And what, if I had a, if I had to offer like a real criticism of it is that it would do this thing where it was like, it would like slow pace out its story and it would get cool and it would be scary thing, hard transition to a completely new story. And that's fine because all the stories were interconnected. But it would like it would ramp up to the scary part and then something scary would happen and it would cut to a new thing. Right. And the first time I didn't really like think about it that much. The second time it did it, I was like, OK, is this going to be a thing where like every time it starts to get scary, it cuts away in order to make me go. Like that. All right, whatever. But it was pretty dead up creepy. And I wanted to be on Justin Long's side and then I wasn't. Yeah, right. Okay, Barbarian. That's a, yes. Very good pick. Anything else? Any, did you guys watch any Christmas movies? You gotten into that yet? 
No, and other than the one that we're watching, that we're talking about right. today, I have not watched any other Christmas movies. I did watch, I did squeeze in a few more movies. I squeezed in Morbius oh, no. from earlier this year. Finally got around to that. Heart. That's how you know the Christmas season has started is when Morbius comes on. Morbin time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that movie really did feel like it was, it had been held in a time capsule from 2007. And someone finally got around to releasing it. Yeah, I believe it. I watched a movie called, I watched, watched two movies with the word Beast in the title. I watched Beast with Idris Elba, where he's trying to escape a lion. And then I watched The Sea Beast, Netflix animated film. And from the, from one of the directors of Big Hero 6. And Which Beast was better? Mm, sea Beast was better. Okay. It's good. I recommend watching it. It's super heavy-handed with its messaging at the end, but it, other than that, it's fine. All right. Good to know. I went heavy on Christmas movies this weekend to I'll briefly go through them. I, I basically went in. Netflix has become the new hallmark of Christmas movies in a way, so they have a ton of options. So I went through that kind of phase. I watched, there's one with Freddie Prince Jr., mm. who I was surprised to find out hasn't really acted on screen in many years, he's done yeah, a lot of voice been... work, but he's not really been on film in at least a decade. No, so... he's done a lot of writing for the WWE, too. Yeah. That's in his background. Get out of it. Wait, what? A lot of writing. You know what? <laughs> I No, I'll, we'll go into that off mic. It was good. It was good for a Christmas Hallmark style movie, I will say. I would give I, I gave it a three star on Letterboxd. And David, your wife, Nikki, actually commented on my review of it and was like, that seems generous, but I'll allow it. And I had to reiterate. The Christmas movies have a slightly different rating system where That's I'm willing true. to go higher just because of the expectations. Because yep. of the cheer. So just I said it was a three-star Christmas movie, probably a two-star regular, but it's, it's like cute. But my favorite one that I watched this weekend, unrelated to what we're watching today, is this mo- this Christmas movie on Amazon Prime that was that's called Your Christmas or Mine, and it was... <laughs> The only person I know in it was Asa Butterfield, if you're familiar with him at all. I was surprised to find out he's an adult. And it's this British Christmas comedy where the night before Christmas, him and his girlfriend that he met at college are saying their goodbyes for Christmas because he's going to go to his family and she's going to go to hers. But at the last minute, they decide to surprise the other and switch trains. So he goes to her family and she goes to his family, but they don't know about each other. That's classic. Great. They Because they met at college and they're far away. They haven't met their families. They don't even know they're seeing anyone. So Christmas hilarity ensues. Secrets are revealed. Love is in the air. That was a four-star Christmas movie. Oh, good one. I'm ready for you to be down on it. No, Uh, it, it actually, the performances were quite charming. So I liked their chemistry. All right. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So a prime exclusive or is it just... Yeah, it's a yeah, it's one of their prime original movies. Okay. So I hadn't heard of it and I was scrolling and I, I was like, all right, this sounds cute. And it was. So I recommend that if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. But I guess let's go ahead and start talking about our main feature that we for so many Santas this year and most years. We each pick our own movie to have the group watch. This week, we're watching Spirited on Apple TV+. Plus. This was Garrett's pick. Mm-hmm. So why don't you explain to us why this movie stuck out to you as something we should do? Marketing. 
Ah, you know what? <laughs> Honesty no. is the best policy. Yeah, you know what? This is like, to my knowledge, at this point in time, the biggest Christmas movie that has been released. It's not in theaters or anything like that, but it's got megastars Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, The Christmas King, and megastar Octavia Spencer. And, and who doesn't love those three? To start right. with, all of those three are incredibly charming and wonderful in their own ways. And so to put them together in the spirit of the season-type movie, you wrap it in with a musical and a big musical at that like mm -hmm. it was very big it felt big it just felt like a broadway show at points where it yeah. looked like it was on a sound stage and they were just really going for it and that's really the main reason why i mean the a-list stars apple tv plus is really trying to put stuff out there and outside of this i haven't seen a lot of new christmas movies we always try to work them in that's what drew me to this and what did you think what were your expectations and did it deliver I think it exceeded mine. I was, you know, I go in with low expectations, honestly, with most Christmas movies. Despite the fact that this is Will Ferrell, and despite the fact that this is Octavia Spencer, despite the fact that this is Ryan Reynolds, that doesn't right. mean anything. It can be hot trash easily. Right. <laughs> and this was not. This was a really fun and modern take on a story that we're all very familiar with. And I like when people have the creativity to say, hey, Here's a story that we've seen 145 million times and no one can do it better than the Muppets. So let's try to move over here and do something with this core and create something new. And I really appreciated that. I think that the twists that they threw in there um, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds dynamic and how they learned from each other with each other at the same time. And you learn a little bit more about the Ghost of Christmas present and his past and his future. And then from that, Ryan Reynolds learns about his past, present, and future. And it was just a really nice dynamic. And I almost felt like this is a movie that I could watch at any point in time and not feel like it's just strictly a Christmas movie. Christmas is like a big element and in there, but I feel mm -hmm. like I could watch this at any point in time because it also just feels like a good coming of age kind of a story where people are just finding themselves through Christmas. So I liked it a lot. Mm. All right. David, what did you think about that's speaking? good? That's good. I I gotta say too, it I had no expectations because I no marketing really reached me beyond a TikTok that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds did earlier this year where they uh, they sang a song that was unrelated, but they were just in a video together, and I was like, that's Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And I think I saw one production still at some point leading me to believe that this was another Greatest Showman, Jingle Jangle esque, like high level musical with sort of like hip hop influence, right? And it really it wasn't, but highly exceeded my expectations. Gotta say, guys, I wish that we had done this one last so that we could bookend our year with Ghost of Girlfriends Past and then Spirited, both great films in which a highly referential of a Christmas carol. So I had no I had no idea what it was going in. I had zero idea what I was getting into. All I had seen is a poster with Ryan and Will Ferrell on it. And so the way it starts off, so I mean, just to give you give the audience a little bit of a summary of what it's about, Will Ferrell and some and is the ghost of Christmas present. He and the ghost of Christmas past and future, they do this thing that they've did to Ebenezer Scrooge in a Christmas Carol. It's like a show that they do. They refer to it. It's very meta. They refer to it as seasons, and they refer to all of these sort of very Hollywood slash theater references for how they do things. You see transitions and they talk about, we're going to go back to this scene, all that stuff. Everybody's actors and things like that. And it, so it's very creative. It builds off of the idea of A Christmas Carol. So it really owes its story to that as a thing going in. But A Christmas Carol is so, um, is the word you, is ubiquitous correct? Is that the right word? Like it's so common knowledge, A Christmas Carol, 
ingrained yeah. in your culture. Yeah, and it, it people know. So there's no like background you have to do. It's just right there. Sorry, I think my computer. Right, did. right. They're even very meta about it in the movie, yeah. referencing. Is this a Chris? Are you doing a Christmas Carol? Like, I know that's the thing. It's like so. Christmas Carol within the universe is yeah. a story that I guess is Dickens based on true events. Stupid um, Christmas Carol, bitch. So I, that I actually loved that. I always liked Christmas Carol stories generally. You write the Muppets do it pretty much better than anyone. And this, the great thing about this is that it wasn't really trying to do a Christmas Carol. It was trying to do a twist on it, very similar to, and they even referenced this movie, 1988 Scrooged again with Bill Murray. And what I loved about this was I honestly had no idea what was coming next through most of the movie. Like every time it would start to get to where I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen now. Complete different turn. I started to get mad myself at Clint, AKA Ryan Reynolds, because I was like, no, get back to the thing. We're supposed to be doing a Christmas. And then I was like, oh, right. He's trying to avoid that. That's the whole point. And so that really tickled me about it. I thought it was great. Um, the music's great. The music is fantastic. Ryan Reynolds, I think, made a real case with this movie for him to land a, a, a role in a new version of Music Man because he's pulling some Harold Hill-esque stuff at the beginning of this. Harold Hill, I should say. Stuff at the beginning of this movie, man. Him being like this PR guy who... Mm -hmm creates scandals as a way of like, I don't know. It's very cynical, but at the same time, it's very entertaining to watch him craft all this stuff. I actually watched that that musical number twice at the beginning, just because there's so many little great lines stuck in there. What did you think, Josh? Right. Yes. Agreed on all those counts. I really enjoyed it. My expectations were kind of neutral because I really didn't know what to expect. I like Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. And while they are beloved people, they are also quite polarizing. Some people truly hate both of them, even if most people love them. So, you know, and like you said earlier, Garrett, just because these guys are in it does not mean it will be good. They both make stinkers just as often as they make good movies. So I was like, you know what? I don't even know. I don't know what to expect. So I went into it with very little expectation and came out quite surprised for all the reasons you guys gave. I really liked how... I don't think I've seen a retelling of A Christmas Carol that tied the original story into this story quite like this. I want to, being careful to avoid spoilers because I think people should enjoy twists and turns because there are several in this movie for the first time. So I just hadn't seen, I just hadn't seen it done like this with this kind of meta commentary on it, addressing the existence of the story in the story. So I thought that was cool. Music was fantastic. Music was done by Paul and Pasek. They're known for The Greatest Showman, La Land, and another big one. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. They wrote the Broadway lyrics, so they're very popular right now. And I thought the songs were catchy. What really shocked me, though, I think my, the biggest surprise to me in the whole movie was seeing Will Ferrell sing that unredeemable song so oh. genuinely without any kind of self-deprecating antics. And that shocked me. I was like, wow, that was, he's yeah, actually yeah. really good at that kind of thing. They're playing, they played it pretty straight for the most part. There was yes. there's some fun jokes in there in some of the songs, but some of them are just huge show-stopping numbers. Really, truly. Yeah. And I did not expect that from him. I yeah. could see Ryan Reynolds pulling something like that, but I just, I don't know. Will Ferrell, even in moments like that, tends to still be a character that is goofy. And while his character in this is goofy, mm -hmm. he's not at all times. They pull it back when it's appropriate. And right. he knows how to be serious. So that was cool. And yes, David, I also felt like whenever I knew whatever was coming next, 
I was usually wrong. There's a point where I thought, wow, this seems to be wrapping up. And then I like hit the remote button and saw there was quite a lot of movie left. And I was like, what is left to do? And that's where they take it into a direction that I'd never seen done before. And that was really cool. So I just have nothing but praise for it, really. There are aspects of it where I thought it ran a little long if I to criticize. It is over two hours. A lot of musicals are just because music drags it out a bit. So it balances, but it is a little long. Yeah, I was thinking about it. And there is one song that I feel like if you were going to cut for time, there was a, well, they did cut a song for time that plays during the credits, but that's not too big of a spoiler. But they, if there was another one, it was going to be, it's probably the funniest song in the movie, but I can understand why they're like, it's the funniest song in the movie. We got to leave it in. I won't get in. I won't, I won't spoil anything because it's actually a pretty funny recurring bit once they start it. I, in addition to that, we've talked about the music and the stuff, but I also wanted to call out the choreography and the costumes because I thought both of those were absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds both looked dapper. Olivia Spencer was beautiful and everything that, that, that just the way that they did each individual ghost was really funny. I like the way that they dressed the ghost of Christmas past. She was not as prevalent in the story as some of the other ghosts. But I thought that her contrast of style was really uh, mm-hmm. nice to see compared to what you get with the traditional kind of story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I don't want to over overlook Octavia Spencer. She has some great she she has like the same song three times, but it's I mean, it's a song that like grows throughout the movie. It develops it and so like she's great. Man, I'll tell you what, I didn't know she could sing so well. She's um, like the, you feel with her because she's kind of Put into a situation that she doesn't agree with. You know, it's about finding that line of how far will I go in certain situations. And it really also does a good job of highlighting why they are trying to improve Clint. Right. And uh, I also want to say, too, like, um, people are probably going to have questions. They're probably going to have wonder whether or not Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are good singers. And I'm sure that they probably did a little bit of vocal tuning at times. They do that with every musical film, musical anyway. But I thought they actually both did really well. They both have a lot of character in their voice. And that I think that's what they kind of played to was they're not like, I'm trying to think of like, they're not like belted out the most incredible singers in the world, but they've got a lot of character in their voice. And that really helps. No, they're perfectly competent singers. I mean, they both have sang professionally before, even though they're not known for it. But the music also helped them there where it didn't require, they sang songs that didn't require a big belter or anything like that. So it was good that they actually cast it to map the, what is cap- what is needed for a singer. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they worked on them with it. On Ryan Reynolds, though, uh, another thing I liked about him is he, right now, probably more than any other actor, plays himself all the time. It's all he does. He's so good at it. But somehow, yes, he's so good at it that you're okay with it. Yeah, he has, he is probably the youngest, newest, most recognizable version of the Shatner technique, which is where you just create a persona that you are on and off screen. Because, like, he... He acts, he like that's his whole persona on Twitter, on YouTube. Is he just has this like, hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds thing where he's just like always goofing around or he has this sort of like smart, dumb guy persona that he just does so well. He's done it in most of his movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what I think shows how talented he is with it is that in this movie, he, I thought he, I felt like he tweaked it enough to slide him into being unlikable, sure. which is what he needed to be. 
Because most of the time, a Ryan Reynolds character is very charming. sarcastic and rude, but still extremely charming, and you're on his side. You're, you always love Ryan Reynolds. But this time, there's enough evidence of being like, wow, this guy's a jackass, that he can tweak it without changing his persona, but you switch to disliking him up until, you know, the natural point of A Christmas Carol, where you start to, where you realize he, he is likable. Yeah. Yeah. So... Kudos to him on making me hate him for a good chunk of the movie like I was supposed to. Yeah, to really kind of like needle it just enough. And like, that, I think that there is a, there's a subtlety in that. There's, I would love it to see that. For, likewise, from Will Ferrell's point of view, I think this is probably the most. What's the word I want to use? This might be the most like balanced performance we've seen from Will Ferrell since maybe Stranger Than Fiction. Maybe I'm missing a movie somewhere in there, but like he's a goof a lot, right? Like that's his whole thing is he's kind of this grown man child who's just a who just has no inhibition control. And here he has a lot of like he's trying to keep it controlled. And Ryan Reynolds is just needling the goof out of him a little bit. You know what I mean? And so you actually end up with I think a pretty even thing like you're he's not trying to make you laugh every time he's on screen but just the nature of him getting frustrated with Ryan Reynolds which usually it's Will Ferrell doing the frustrating so it's nice to see it the other way around yeah this really also had and again I think I mentioned this didn't this did it feel like a just regular Christmas movie this felt like a movie and I don't felt mean like a real proper go to the theater movie it yeah. did and, well and we you, like you go movie. back and listen to our Christmas rules episode that we did a while ago but one of my Christmas rules was that a Christmas movie in and of itself isn't afraid to hit you over the face with its Christmas movie mm-hmm. this relied on the fact that it is a story connected to Christmas and I think that just helped with the overall story because mm-hmm. once you see these characters develop and again, there's a there's an interesting kind of a shift that happens. And I think that really just kind of helps develop those characters. And it becomes like a almost like a father-son story at a point. And I just kind of like that little dynamic that they had there. And it made it feel bigger than just, here's a new Christmas movie for you. Sorry, I started laughing because I just remembered something Will Ferrell says in the movie and it made me laugh again. Yeah, no, you're right. This totally is a Christmas movie. I had to consult my own rules. I had to go back and look just to make sure everything evened out. And there was a close moment, but then I remembered that there's a key context that you has to be contained within that rule. I won't get into it here. But I'll tell you what, with, you guys will know what I'm talking about. For those who haven't seen it, I'll stay vague. But there is a moment in this movie where we see the future. They did something that I honestly, it, it, when it first happened, I went, Oh, that is too much. Like they mm. really that's over the top. But then it like my like it genuinely hurt my heart. And I went, oh well, but did I care though? Like I genuinely care in this moment. And so maybe that's what you gotta do. I was at first I was like, that's crossing a line because the subject matter is it's very intense. So I was like, they're kind of, I think whoever they crossed the line with this. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, that's the only consequence that's really going to hit you. Like, that's what they got to do. So, I mean, without spoiling it, that was no, a thought. You're right. You're right. Well, because think... that what that type of thing is really, yeah, you're right. It's really intense and tragic, but it's also something that happens. And, and we can... also, I think that helps with the messaging because we live, I think part of the messaging is also we live in such a divisive and polarizing element, atmosphere right now in general that sometimes. No, we don't. The, the only thing that can even kind of change someone 
is if they're directly-ish responsible for an incredible tragedy. And right. that is the only way to get them to rethink because that is, a, oh, you talked about Ryan Reynolds being able to change his personality and that is what ratcheted it up. I mean, he is a modern day Ebenezer Scrooge. He's just, but in it, like Scrooge today is Ryan Reynolds as opposed to what we think of Ebenezer Scrooge back in the day. Right. Right. This is the, and that's unfortunate. But those yeah, people well, like and, that exist and that is the only way sometimes to break through their own damn ego. By the time they we get to that point in the movie, it is pretty clear that Clint would not, cannot be moved by anything less than something that is just extremely tragic. Like he has not cared about anything else that's happened. Yeah. Up to that point. And some of it's pretty bad. Well, but that's the whole point, right? Is that he's so unredeemable that he's not even worth trying. That's kind of the whole idea in that. Exactly. And these guys did not make a visit, unfortunately, to when they mentioned that they had died one other unredeemable before. I was like, oh, ghost of girlfriends past, of course. But I have unfortunately that that is that, that a Christmas movie? No, I okay. don't. I don't know. I've never seen it. It takes place uh, at Christmas, though, doesn't it? it? You see it. We watched it be this year. Ghost oh, of Girlfriends Oh, that's right. Pass? We did. Yeah, we Yeah, did. that was the first movie we watched this a, year. You remember? Yeah. That was our rom-com. Uh, we reviewed Ghost of Girlfriends Past Josh. in the year of our Lord 2022. Gosh, how can, like, you can't be this far gone. We fight. The you first guys... movie we did this year. I don't know. I'll pull up the podcast right now. We can listen I to it. No, I believe you. I just you clearly have wiped it. You We've done it. so many movies. You hated it. So, so many much. sequels. I hated it so much I wiped it away. I don't even remember liking it or disliking it. But we also reviewed What If with Daniel Radcliffe. You see that? Just, I remember. I'll just go back to the beginning of the year. We'll see which ones retained. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah. I forgot. I have something else I was going to mention, but yeah, it, I, it definitely has put me started me into the christmas spirit i would agree but, with that and then yeah, also i just kind of want to put this soundtrack on and listen to it because it's pretty like it's most of the songs work pretty well out of context too they do there's usually every year there's a big musical that comes out and i download the soundtrack on spotify or whatever and listen to it all month too and this will probably be that because i'm not aware of another musical coming out this winter but not sure i do love a good musical and this one had a lot of catchy songs i can't really ask most of the questions i want to ask because of spoilers. Well, Fair enough. Oh, one other, like a light criticism I want to offer of the movie is that it pins a lot on, this isn't a heavy spoiler, but it pins a lot on Clint's relationship with one of his siblings. And I feel like the movie didn't do quite enough to show us why that sibling was so good, right? I don't feel like they did. I'll um, agree with that. They didn't do quite enough to establish why she was this bigger presence, like a very important presence. And I feel like they could have gotten a little more into that, but I feel like, it, that story that it's that that premise in itself interfered with this idea of Clint getting out of the haunt. So like that was my only real that was my only real criticisms. I think they could have expanded that more, and I feel like we would have understood a little bit more of why it was so tragic for him. My yeah. other, I do have one criticism with it, but and I will give a slight possible spoiler warning because it has to do with the end. Mm. So my problem with it is I don't like bringing this American work crisis culture into the whole thing that they were doing to try to better people. I get that it's funny. I disagree yeah. with the premise that they should expand to the point where they're unhappy again. You're that not wrong. create a problem with the people they're trying to fix. So that's right. my one criticism with that. Right. I don't think you're wrong about that. But yeah, 
it's hard. I can't really say much more. It's very, it's a very, also there is a, it's a, I don't know. It's a very like of its time movie. I think it'll be interesting to see how it holds up over like a decade, two decades. There is a joke about the pandemic in it and uh, which was funny in the moment, but I don't know if it'll be funny 20 years from now or not. And yeah, I don't know. I did find it really interesting that they, that gosh, I don't want to, that's a spoiler too, but anyway, yeah. I don't have much more I can say about the story itself. The st- I think the story is great. I think the music's great. It's great. Yeah, agree. I do want to say I'm trying to like look up the production of the movie, and I can't, get an ac- I can't get an accurate amount of information. Supposedly, $75 million was spent just for the talent, just for the talent on the movie. and But the, that's also the listing for like what the budget is. So Apple TV must not have released what the full, like what the official budget for the film was probably but they said that initially 60 million dollars had been spent on talent and that was later increased to 75 million so the wealthiest company in the world can afford it that's all we need to know that's true oh Uh, yeah yeah it did have a limited theatrical run which i thought was cool oh did it it did not play anywhere here but it had it they had it out for a week and then they dropped it on apple tv plus so, Straight up could see this movie being nominated for like costumes for set design. Honestly, I think that they, I think that those two things and music, I think yeah, those probably. three things really stood out for this movie. I think, I think a movie. best original song is definitely possible. Yeah. Yes. Can you look right now? Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell performing unredeemable on the Oscars stage. The Oscars are back, baby. No one's ever been yeah. more relevant. Either that, Listen, I mean, you, honestly, actually, you, you put could, Will Ferrell on an Oscar stage singing that song, that will turn it, that will get some viewers. You could go with that, you could go with The View From Here, you could go with that Christmas Morning Feeling, that was also a hot song. Bringing Christmas Back with Ryan Reynolds performing, that was fantastic as well. Oh my God, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell host this year. There's a great line, oh, that's actually a fire idea, and have them perform one of their best original song. It was, uh, hey, there's Hollywood, I'll produce it, I'll be cheaper than everybody else. In Bringing Back Christmas, when I listened to it the second time, I heard the line where he said, every Facebook-loving boomer wants to start a culture war, or something like that. And I was like, okay, too, that's too real, all right? Too real. As we're trying. I know that we want to be real, but let's not be that real. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the "Good Afternoon" song. It was funny. Good afternoon, hilarious song. Hilarious, so good. What else, boys? Anything else? I don't have much else because there's no box office stat, so yep. nothing for me. Okay. What do we think? What do we think? The letterbox feels about this spirited Christmas movie. I feel like this is going to be an interesting one. I think honestly. it's going to be lower than what we think it should be. Because I think people are going to like it, but I Mm -hmm. think there's going to be enough health. I say healthy, probably bordering unhealthy cynicism toward it because it's Christmas and it's joyful and it's not. It's got a a lot of not a movie. It's a Christmas movie. Right. It's got a lot of potential things going against it. There are people who are anti Reynolds. There are people who are anti Farrell. There are people who are anti Christmas. Mm -hmm. There are people who are anti Apple. So Mm -hmm. there could be a lot Mm -hmm. of different things going into it. My guess is a 3.3. Okay. Dang. That's a good I'm guess. I'm going to go lower with uh, three, uh, 3.0. I almost want to give it a 2. Point. Man. Oh, you said 3.0? Man. I don't think it's lower than that. But I guess I'll bet on the high end and go 3.4. Okay, so yeah, I see. Three point four for Josh. Yeah, three point oh for me. David, what'd you say? Point three. Three point three. 
coming in right around in the middle. 3.1, which means I take the cake oh, this time. 3.1. All right. 3. I respect that. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, any, any hot reviews that we can check out? Oh, you know what? I didn't even look at the reviews. Let's see what we got here. Yet another groundbreaking performance from Ryan Reynolds as himself. No, that's what movie guys, stars it's, always... not, it's himself, but you don't like him. That's the difference. I tell you what, that's what movie stars used to do. All it, right, you're right. You're right. Just play basically the same person every. That's why you cast them because that, that was the bit. That was that was. The... I want I want Jack. I'm trying to think of somebody. I want Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, well, who's he going to play on this one? He's going to play a greased up meathead. That's what he always plays. I like to imagine Ryan Reynolds was so sick of Hugh Jackman bragging about The Greatest Showman that he went out of his way to make a movie that ridicules musicals out of spite. Spirited is a self-deprecating Christmas musical that hates its own existence, and I love it. Four stars. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's that powerful. Can you, Jack? You. Right. I love their relationship. That's the greatest Christmas gift we have. It is. It truly is. All right, well. What do we think? Where we have this one for us? On my Christmas movie ratings, it's a four star. Similarly, four star. That's what I'm going to do. Same Christmas movie, four star. Awesome. It would have had to have been, it would have had to have been like incredibly either emotionally crushing or so funny that I could not get through it for it to like be a five star movie. I think as a Christmas film, I don't, I have a few five star Christmas movies, but. Their more nostalgia plays a role. Sure, I don't know. No, they'd you'd have to really push out a, an instant classic to get a five star Christmas movie. This and this is, close. No this is close. This is close. We talked about things that we watched, and I want to jump back to that real quick because there is another Netflix movie that we have reviewed that's also very good that I did watch, and it's Jingle Jangle. That movie is a banger of a movie, and it's underrated and underappreciated. And we that watched is a really close to a five star Christmas. Movie. We watched it two years ago. Yeah, yeah. and it's rewatchable. Very rewatchable. It was still good the what, second time. Great. It's a pretty good movie. However, there is a line in the main one of the main songs that just, I don't get it. I know. That's the square root of impossible is me. That is her. She's the square any, root of impossible. That don't make no damn sense. All right. And you know it. The square root of impossible is me. I agree. I when it I brought it, I said the same thing. It doesn't make sense, but it's catchy. The song is all nonsense, but it's catchy. Here's a fair question though. What mathematical equation like that makes sense to either one of y'all? Huh? <laughs> if you look at a math equation, that is a that, real math equation. Would you understand that, it? Or would you that, think no, that whole I get movie, the possible of the that, square that root? That whole movie is gibberish math equations where they're like, if we take the <laughs> circumference of courage and multiply by, by the longitude of Caring, Laffy Taffy. Have this exactly. It's all kinds of that. I think it's Forrest Whitaker's is the old man in that movie, isn't it? It's a good movie. I like it a lot. We go listen to our Jingle Jangle review. To our review to go. Yes, please do. Next, there's so many Santas. Do we know? Do we want to announce? Do we oh. want to leave it as a Christmas present for our listeners? It depends on if Josh has his. Did you solidify yours? Not yet. Okay. Well, then mine's solidified, so I can announce it now, or we can leave it as a present. What do you want to do? Go for guys? it. I'm excited because I announce it. All right, here we go. Guys, I wish I had like I wish I had it queued up as a photo. We will be taking a trip in the Wayback Machine all the way back to I think the 90s because we're going to be watching Ernest Saves Christmas. That's right. <laughs> uh, I mean, he Burn. pulled the trigger and he did it. We're going to do it. <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas. I I've already I'm going to have my you know what I mean, Vern's uh, like counter ready to go and uh, we're going to have a ton of fun. 
I remember, I know I've seen this movie, but I, for the life of me, cannot tell you when, where, or why. It was at a, some kind, it was either at school, it was either at daycare, right. or some mystery place in between that age. But yes, I remember watching it with a bunch of kids I, and just thinking, what is it? Because he like elbows it at some point in time, right? Or is that something else? I don't know. I, well, I mean, Maybe honestly, that's another thing I'm thinking. I know I have seen it at some point. Bits of it are in my memory. But I do not know when, like you said, where or how. I will have to figure out if we can explain the concept of Ernest to the younger crowd that we might have or the foreign crowd that we might have. Because according to our rap, we have a lot of listeners in other countries. But yeah, it should be a blast. Though. I mean, I can't help describe Ernest. I was not an Ernest child growing up, so I didn't really watch much of it. I don't think I've ever seen Ernest Saves Christmas. Really? I, okay. I'm only adjacently aware of Ernest. Uh, my, I know Jim Varney as Slinky Dog. Yeah. <laughs> so this is... A, this David, is, would you say the closest you is like redneck Mr. Bean? Yeah, that sounds he terrible. He talks a lot more, though. He's He talks more. He talks, yes. But I don't even I mean, know. Like this, the idiot level is very similar. It, explaining explaining the craze of Ernest is like explain is would be like explaining why the fax machine took off. Like I don't even know what the I don't really know the true origins why it caught on. You know what I mean? And why it disappeared? Because it, it did. used it to just, be there'd be movies about a male idiot, and there just aren't anymore. Well, his rise to stardom is so unreplicable. I think in these days. Because, like, okay, well, we'll get into this more next week. But what basically, he started off as a commercial pitch man. And it just blew up into somehow he developed national acclaim from local Pittsburgh commercials or something like that. Hey. We'll get into it more next week. But it's going to be either really funny or we're all going to come back next week and I'll be getting tomatoes thrown at me. <laughs> Ted Lasso started as a commercial, so he's the next Ernest. It's true. But soccer. Well, we will see you next week with that then. Yes, yes. We'll be back next oh, week it's with that. on Disney uh, Plus for anybody who I think Oh, good to know. Okay, Plus good. So, you want to watch with us. Ernest Saves Christmas on Disney Plus. Watch that before next week if you're listening to this somewhat live. And we will talk about it then. So find us online at so many sequels.com. There you'll find our whole back catalog of episodes and links to our social channels. Go follow those and leave some comments and some likes. Leave if you haven't already. It would really help us a lot if you left a review in the um, Apple podcast app. I think that's the only one where you can actually write a review. You can leave ratings in Spotify, but doing that stuff really helps more people see the show. So if you wouldn't mind helping us out by doing that, that would be really cool. And then finally, if you really love us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash so many sequels where you can, for a very small fee, get access to our Discord channel and hang out with us there, where we talk about movies and share news and play games and all kinds of fun stuff. I think that covers it. So we will see you all next time for the next installment of So Many Santas.